scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21. Listen for the word of God. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And the chief priests argued with one another, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then you, did you not believe? But if we say of human origin, we're afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He said, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father then went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two sons did the will of the father? The priest said, the first son. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. May God bless us with understanding.
Would you pray with me? O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. As our passage begins, Jesus has already entered Jerusalem for the final time. There was the big grand processional with palm branches. Jesus has overturned the tables of the money changers, driven out those who were selling sacrificial animals there. For reasons I'm not super duper clear on, he has also put a curse on a fig tree and killed it with the power of his words, which is pretty weird. And all of this gets people's attention, to put it mildly. The chief priests in particular who oversaw the money changing tables who oversaw the selling of sacrificial animals, who probably enjoy figs, the chief priests were not happy. And these priests, who come to think of it, were probably dressed a, a little bit like this. They had some questions that they wanted to ask Jesus. And they were straightforward questions. They were things like, what in God's name are you doing? And who told you that you could do any of this? Jesus responds and begins arguing with the priests and telling them these, these earthy parables, these kinds of fables, these illustrative stories that make a point. And this goes on and on and on for five chapters. For five whole chapters, Jesus is telling parables and trying to make a point to these priests. Five chapters. For context, the arrest, trial, crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus only takes four chapters. Five chapters of this argument that makes a guy wonder what's in there that's so important. So let's get into it. We're only going to do the first one. We're only going to do the first parable. If you're curious about the others, grab a study Bible, grab a notebook, read chapters 21, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Great stuff in there. But we're just going to do the first parable. A parent has two children. And the parent says to the first child, go and work in our vineyard. And the child says, no, I'm not doing that at all. But later that day, the child says to themselves, I, I, I'm going to go to the vineyard. I'm going to do some work and does. Later, the parent goes to the second child and says, go work in the vineyard. And that child says, oh, most definitely. Of course I will. But later that day, the child says to themselves, I'm not doing that. It doesn't go. So Jesus asks the priests, which child did the will of the parent? The parent is God. <laughs> which child did the will of the parent? And that's obvious. The one who actually went to the vineyard, regardless of what it seemed like they were going to do. But parables are tricky. Because there's always more than one question that's being asked. The first question, the surface question, is which child did the parents will? The second question, which Jesus doesn't speak aloud, the second question is a tougher question. The second question Jesus asks the priests is this, which one of these two children are you, O priests of Jerusalem? Whose shoes are you wearing in this parable? Are you the child who seems to outwardly reject following God, but who actually does good work? 
Or are you the child who says outwardly that they will work for God, who dresses outwardly like they're going to work for God, who pretend like they're blameless, but actually don't do any work on behalf of God? So, priests, Jesus says, whose shoes are those? The priests, to their credit, understand the point Jesus is making. They get mad, mad enough to conspire to have him killed. Jesus isn't finished, though. Remember, there's five chapters. Jesus says, loan sharks and prostitutes are going to make their way into God's good graces before these priests ever do. And this is where the priests stop understanding what Jesus is saying. They think that he's sort of rubbing salt in the wound, saying that the lowest of the low are going to get in before them. They have misunderstood that part. Jesus wasn't saying to the priests, you're the lowest of the low, because loan sharks, prostitutes, Jesus loved those people, spent time with them, ate with them, understood them, understood the prison that their life was, understood the pain that came was life, the, understood the pain that came when life was built around an emptiness that was swallowing them whole, swallowing up and devouring the life that God had made for them. Jesus loved and understood the loan sharks and the prostitutes and knew that when he opened a door to them to grace and new life, when he opened a door to them to be delivered forever from that life that was no life, that it took no more for, than for that door to be opened a crack and they ran through it. The loan sharks and the prostitutes would enter the temple of the realm of God first, yes. They would enter the realm of God first because they were running for their lives. Parables are tricky because there's always more than one question being asked. There's more than two questions as well. The surface question, which child fulfills the will of the parent to go and work in the vineyard? The second question, one level up, is directed to the priests of Jerusalem. Which child do you think you are? The third question is for me, a priest of Old South Church, senior minister, not priest, but we do kind of dress alike. <laughs> the third question is to me, who am I in this parable? Whose shoes are, are these that I'm wearing? Am I the child who outwardly rejects God and yet in the end does what is right? Or am I the child who, like the priests of Jerusalem, might seem to be holy, might dress like they're holy, might talk like they're holy, but actually does nothing to further God's realm? Parables. There are always more than one question. Who am I in this parable? It's not always the same. Who you are in a parable will change day to day, year to year, certainly. It's not always the same, certainly not for me. Twenty years ago, for me, it wasn't the same. 20 years ago, as I was a young man in my 20s, I was, I was one who did come to church. I did. Uh, but not looking like this. I would, I would slip in a few minutes late, and I would sit in the back pews. I was sitting in the back pews, not because I was avoiding people, but because I was coming in late. And I was coming in late, not because I was trying to avoid anybody, but because I was, I was very hungover. And a little bit late was as early as I was going to get. 
I wasn't hung over on a Sunday morning because I had overdone it a little bit on the Saturday night before, and otherwise I was sort of a simple, sensible individual. That's not the kind of drinking that I did. The kind of drinking that I did, a hangover doesn't give me any helpful information about what had transpired the day before. A hangover was just an indication of what time of day it was. The kind of drinking I did, I, I, I knew the reason why you would keep gold Listerine around, not the blue kind, to keep the gold Listerine around, because on mornings when I was incapacitatedly hungover, gold Listerine was 40 proof. And if I drank down a two ounce cap full of it, that would do the work of a shot of vodka, the same work to stop my hands from shaking, to stop the room from spinning, to stop my head from pounding, leave me smelling like a sepulchral, breath mint too. I was the child of God who was called to go and work in the vineyard, and I said, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can barely make it to church on time. I can't remember to close my bar tabs. I'm lying to doctors at appointments that I made. I am lying to my family, lying most of all to myself. When the word of God came to me and said, go and work in the vineyard, I said, I can't. When I felt that first nip of the ringer and saw the emptiness swallowing up all that was good in life, swallowing up and devouring the life that God had made for me, living the life that was no life, when Jesus opened a door to me to grace and new life and to be delivered forever from a life that was no life, when that door opened just a crack, I ran through it because I was running for my life. I was the child who said, I cannot go to work in the vineyard. And later I did. Thanks be to God. Now, if all of that just made you very uncomfortable because that is not what your life has been like, that's great. I love that for you. To you who have always been righteous, and there are such people, I've met them. To you who have always been righteous, do not worry that somehow this parable or what I'm saying means that you will somehow be last in God's sight on account of your obedience. Fear not, for each of us that day will come, for each of us the day will come when you are the very first to enter the realm of God. It may be on your very last day, on your very last breath, each of you will be first in God's sight one day because you will be in greatest need of all God's children in that moment. That is a guarantee, O mortal. Or perhaps this story for me about why I do not drink and am thrilled about that for myself, if that has made you uncomfortable because it has raised for you again a voice, a voice that talks to you every day a voice that talks to you every day anyway. A voice of pleading and warning. A voice that you have wished a thousand, thousand times that you could follow. If you want to talk, call me here at church. I would love to. Parables. There's always more than one question. Who is the child who does the will of the parent? 
Which child are the priests of Jerusalem? Which child am I, minister of Old South Church? Which child are you? Which child are you today? It's not always the same. 